This is episode 25 of the Bi Urban Yogi featuring Wes Mack. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a Kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free flowing conversation exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. This episode of the Bi Urban Yogi is sponsored by Domacha Matcha. This is an amazing matcha product. It's cultivated, harvested, and processed very carefully every step of the way, keeping the matcha fresh and rich in flavor and nutrients. For those of you who don't know what matcha is, it's basically the ground up green tea leaf. So if you like green tea, you are going to love matcha. If you like coffee, you're probably going to love matcha even more. It's basically like coffee in the sense that it's got a little caffeine, but it's also got something called L-theanine, which is a compound that in the tea leaf that helps to calm the mind and bring the mind into a place of meditative awareness. It is fresh and full of nutrients, it's smooth and it's got a sweet flavor. It's nutrient protected, meaning the maximum protection of the nutrients is guaranteed with the dough matcha. Not just any matcha, you gotta make sure you get dough matcha. You can get it from almost any grocery store uh, that I've seen, uh, such as Whole Foods or Urban Fair. From the largest stages and arenas to the director's chair, from writing hit songs to creating characters on the silver screen as an actor, Wes Mack has established himself as a creative force of many forms. Mack broke into the country music scene in 2013 when he released his debut single, Duet. I love that song. Play it to my spin classes all the time. He released it completely independently with no label, agent, or management. The song reached number nine on the Billboard chart, and the video, directed by Mack, went on to earn two CCMA nominations for Video and Video Director of the Year. 2013 also saw Mack win the inaugural CCMA Discovery Program as well as the unsigned-only music competition, besting some 10,000 artists from around the world. Following these milestones, Max spent much of 2014 writing and recording in Nashville, Tennessee. Armed with new music, Max exploded outward in 2015. He released his third and fourth top 20 singles, Before You Drive Me Crazy and The Way You Let Me Down, picked up his eighth CCMA nomination, and performed with Shania Twain across the nation in her Rock This Country farewell tour. In late 2015, Mac released his debut single, Edge of the Storm, which was nominated at the 2016 CCMA Awards for Album of the Year. Edge of the Storm debuted at number four on the iTunes chart in September of 2015, but the music and writing that went into it began as early as September, or rather spring, 2012. As an independent artist, Mac began writing and recording, piecing together one song at a time. The success of his debut single, along with the powerful performances opening for Florida Georgia Line, Dirks Bentley, and Miranda Lambert in 2013, propelled him into the thick of country music. Mac wrote and recorded extensively in Nashville, performed ecstatic fans, two ecstatic fans with Shania Twain, serving as her only opening act, and once again with a duet performing her hit Party for Two each night with her on tour. You can see it on YouTube, it's pretty cute. Took to the stage on the CCMA Awards show while being nominated for Songwriter of the Year and finally released the album, closing one chapter and beginning the next. Mac took to country music at a young age, fueled by his surroundings in his home province of Alberta. While carving out his path as a musician, Mac also has chosen yet another form in which to create as an actor. His resume has grown to include work on the television shows Heartland, Smallville, Supernatural, The Hundred, 
Continuum, The Vampire Diaries, and Motive. He has also taken on roles in films Power Rangers, Magic Beyond Words, The J.K. Rowling Story, and A Dog Named Christmas, The Phantoms, and the upcoming Liam Neeson picture Hard Powder. Between his time on numerous creative ventures, Mac has worked to give back to a number of institutions to which he has owed much of his life. As a young child, Mac underwent heart surgery to correct a congenital heart defect. Now, as an adult, Mac is paired with the Cardiac Kids in connection with the Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto and the Alberta Children's Hospital in an effort to raise awareness and money for these organizations. Between festival performances, Mac spent much of 2016 in Nashville writing for his second album, which is currently underway. Please enjoy my interview with Mr. Wes Mack. I think the very first time I went to yoga many years ago was um, I'd like injured my hip kind of thing. Oh, it was, it was, so it just started as like a physical thing. Um, but I, within class one, was like, oh, I love this. Like, the, mm-hmm. I think I probably enjoy the psychological benefits and like the spiritual benefits of it more even than like yeah. the physical benefits of it myself. Can I teach you a breath exercise quickly? Sure. Okay, this is called Breath of Fire. It's from Kundalini Yoga. Have cool. you heard of Kundalini Yoga? Mm, I've heard the name, but I could, couldn't wouldn't know what it means. It's more like, um, it's less stretchy, stretchy, and more like ener- about energy. Cool. So what you do is you uh, rub your palms together, and then you say Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo three times okay. to honor the rishis who brought this technology to us. You say Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo, Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo, Ong Namo Guru Dev I'm going to mess this up. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mess the name up. Uh, Even if I just say it, it's fine. Okay, thank you. I appreciate and, it. <laughs> and then you curl your fingers like this. You're kind of stretching your fingers. Yeah. Then you plug your thumbs into the sky at 60 degrees above your head. And then you're just going to pump your navel point in. So breath of fire is two to three fingers widths below the belly button. You're pumping that in and out. So we'll start sort of like Darth Vader through the mouth just okay. so you get a hang of it. So yeah. it's like a... That's it, yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got a strong core. Awesome. So now do it through the nose. We'll try it for a minute. Energetically focus above the crown of your head. And as you do it, as you inhale, you can think Sat Nam. As you exhale, Nam. So Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, which means truth is my identity. So you're using the breath to purify the body and the mantra to purify the mind. Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam. Pumping the energy of your navel point into your electromagnetic field up to the higher centers. Sat nam, sat nam, sat nam, sat nam. Inhale. Suspend the breath. Touch your thumbs together. Hold your breath. Reach your fingertips up. Squeeze the pelvic floor and the abdominals. Squeeze the energy up your spine, out the crown chakra, and then around your body like a torus. Gaze up. Squeeze. And then slowly sweep your electromagnetic field around you. Namaste. Namaste. 
That's true. Do you feel it? It's kind of yeah. shaking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. It's very cool. Natural high. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Feel like you can do like that for like 31 minutes and yeah. just like go to a different planet. It's really fun. I think I saw you post a video at some point in time that was something maybe oh, similar yes. to that. Yeah, I was probably doing like, um, was I in my jock strap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I just recall the breath pattern being something. What site was it on? Very good question. I want to make sure I don't take out the microphone here. No worries. It's a different yeah. interview. That's a different interview. That's, that's my other podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll be back for that next week. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's cool. That's I, a good start I, to this. Yes, I, I posted another one called Sat Korea, and I was I was in my underwear, and it's it's a similar idea. It's all about bringing the energy from the the first three chakras mm-hmm. up the spine, and I like they say out into infinity, but I like to bring it up and then around my body, and cool. then back through the root chakra, and so it's kind of like a force field around yeah, it kind of simulates actually the earth kind of thing in yeah. its own magnetic field yeah, yeah i like totally. that i like yeah, that so it feels good but um when you so i met you at acting class at ubc and i remember you telling me you did music yeah and then you had posted something recently on your instagram and like you were like a chubby little kid who sang oh, i sure was yeah and i was i was too yay <laughs> fat, fat kids oh man it, were you ever in choir i was a fat little choir kid. oh was i ever yeah was i ever and I, I was and in the BC I, Boys Choir. We have a reunion coming up. It's not an exception that I was in a Hawaiian shirt in that photo. I uh, just, like, when I was 13 years old... You loved Hawaiian mo- shirts. I think it's that they, they covered me a lot. Oh, I was nothing. like, Yeah, I was definitely, like, very, very becoming... You know, it's that, that age. You're becoming sort of body conscious. And yeah. Being like, I am chubby. What did Hawaiian you, What shirts. did you eat? Uh, what, uh, so I, what I ate. <laughs> you go first. I think <laughs> with one of the things that probably did me in... I mean, some of it was just, like, time frame kind of thing. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, eating like a large bag of Doritos and a Slurpee every single day, which, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I have Slurpees like, a lot too. Like I, I would come home from school, and it still actually to me represents like just a super positive childhood memory. I would go mm-hmm. to the Seven Eleven, mm-hmm. and I would get like a very large Slurpee and a bag mm-hmm. of Doritos, and I would come home, and I would get out my electric guitar and my amp, and I would learn like a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Oh, nice! And sit there and play it, and then I would watch the Crocodile Hunter. And I don't know for how long this went on. Like Crocodile, like Crocodile Steve, like the like Steve Irwin, the fellow who passed. The away. guy who passed yeah. away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, this probably only represents like maybe a month in time or like uh-huh. a few weeks, but for whatever reason, it, like my my mind jumps to that one. That's I think like a vivid here. memory. Yeah. yeah. So Doritos. Yeah. yeah it's I probably had bad Stouffer's for my macaroni and cheese oh. before choir practice. I would just love, and I would have like two packages from the freezer. And the, yeah, That'll do it. Frozen burritos and M&M's meat shops, just like all these different things that I would like to ingest. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so fast forward, you, you, um, you've always been performing. Have you always been doing like country music? No, I mean, so when I, this is probably similar to what I was learning at the time. I think just when I grew up, and started playing guitar. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Calgary, so there's a lot of country oh, music there. Okay. Um, My dad's but, from Calgary. But I wasn't particularly into it at the time. I mean, I liked a lot of like classic country, like yeah. like much older country music. I wasn't that into Because what I like about stuff. you is you're unlike any other male country artist that I've seen. Yeah, I would say I like typically... You're very, <laughs> you're very unique. I typically uh, exist out on a weird limb. Yeah, kind of energetically, you're, you're, um, you're your own artist. And you don't fit into the box of the other country artists, but it works. The way that you are in the country world to me is extremely exciting. And um, 
you you embody a different type of masculinity. It's very masculine, but it's different than what others are trying to be like. Uh-huh. I feel like you're just very yourself. Yeah, and uh, dude, that's I mean that would be my 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 end game goal and all of this. I mean yeah. to, to finish the thing really briefly. Mm-hmm. So basically, I played in like a you know like a punk band and a rock band growing up because you want to play rebellious yeah. music when you're a teenager. Totally. And then I, when I ended up moving out to Vancouver. I just ended up meeting a handful of people out here who were listening to country music, nice. and it weirdly kind of drifted me back to, like, I missed a lot of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, also, country music changed a lot from the time I moved out here to when I really started doing it as an artist. Right. I remember so. I saw an artist, uh, Dirk Bentley, played in Calgary on a oh, coke yeah. stage. It was, like, back in 2008, and, like, his career would have just been taking off at the time. Yeah. And I remember that was the day. It was, like, all the stuff that I loved in rock music and all the stuff that I loved in, like, classic country, yeah, I felt yeah, were kind of together in his together, show, yeah. and I was like, this is what I want to do. And I went home and literally the next day wrote the first, like, country song that I had wow. ever written. Wow. Um, so it was, like, a pretty, it was a big day for me. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So you realized that country was becoming something more akin to what your passions totally, are. Totally. I think musically it was starting to open up as of, like, the late 2000s, and, like, more so even now as to, like, what what you could do in that genre. Right. Um, as opposed to like maybe the 10 years before that it was like a lot smaller box as yeah. to like sonically what was possible. So you are an actor too. It's funny. I was recording my album and we play videos sometimes just to keep the energy mm-hmm. fun in the room. And then for some reason I wanted to watch Power Rangers and I had no <laughs> idea that, that you were on that show. So we were just like recording and then I was just like, I was drinking some coffee and I look up and I was like, oh my God, it's Wes. <laughs> just being a terrible bully. <laughs> just being bully. like a real asshole. Just, I mean, <laughs> like the thing I like to tell people in that without any context is be like, oh yeah, I'm the bully and there is a character who is black and autistic in that movie and I bully and him. bully him. And that, I remember reading the script and being like, great, I'm going to be real popular <laughs> in this. I was like, just, oh, oh just pushing that button. Um, oh, you're, you're but I was But I was a big childhood fan of like Power Rangers when I was a little kid. So nice. it was like, it was fun. Me too. But, yeah. I loved Rita. Oh, yeah. Is she still on that show? I, I mean, they, they've had a million incarnations. Like, this show they? still exists. I think they li- literally, like, every couple of years, they just, like, spin out a new version wow. of Power Rangers that's, like, Power Kids Rangers Dino it. Force, Power Rangers Right, all the different sure. variations Because, I mean, it's, you know, somewhere along the lines, it's you take five misfit teenagers and you square them off against some ridiculous villain and, yeah. you, and you put you them in robots. And it's you're a great. hit. Yeah. You got a hit. <laughs> it's a total hit every time. Every time. Um, That's so cool. So you do, you do acting. Mm-hmm. You do music. After you did UBC, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> great question. Um, I guess, okay, so my, it was a neat little life handoff. The last mm-hmm. day at UBC, my like, last day of classes, was my first day filming on The Vampire Diaries. I had oh, a one-line wow. part on that. I was peeing guy number one. It's a very illustrious uh, start to my career. Like peeing in a urinal? Uh, it was actually in a toilet, and I walk <laughs> out of the bathroom, and I almost collide with Nina Dobrov oh. and go, whoa, pants down, chick, and then I walk out of the, the scene, and there's no, you know, there's no follow-up. Oh, I never got God. that, you know, never got brought back in episode, <laughs> whatever. Uh, the peeing guy. Yeah, so okay, very, that's like, occasionally friends will see me on something like Power Rangers or something yes. and text me that. That one's never been spotted basically ever because I'm on screen uh, for like one second. It's a little It's very quick. But it was a, a great start. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. it was like shortly thereafter that I booked a couple of other parts. I was really nice. fortunate to rather quickly in my career like have yeah. a couple of bookings. I, and I, I say that mainly from a psychological point of view to like, yeah. I don't think I really believed that it was possible to do that yeah. until it happened. Yeah, it in, in your you brain, you're just like, oh, there's like acting so in movies and TV. Right. And then there's me, and there's no way that, um, that right. it'll ever there's happen. divide psychologically. Yeah, and so, yeah. so I, I think that honestly can be something that's really difficult for actors and artists earlier in their mm-hmm. careers if you don't have that, like, I was very fortunate in that capacity to have some success early on to be yeah. like, because then I remember, I remember the year after that, I booked nothing for a year. 
sure. uh, uh, but it was I had a, I'd already had that little taste though that was like yeah. it's possible. You knew it's it was possible. Still possible. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Because I feel like you need that somewhere along the lines totally. to to keep you in the game. Oh um, my gosh! I remember in New York, I went to acting school and then I started auditioning for musical theater. It was so hard because like I would make it to like the final role for like the role of Gaston in mm -hmm. the Disney Cruise Line. And it'd be like 300 down to like after a few auditions to like three of us. Yeah. And they'd be like, ah, uh, you're not fat enough. Like that guy, you know, you guys both have great voices, but we, we want a guy who's a bit more girthy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like yeah, little yeah. things. Oh, like, it, oh, no. it comes down to that all the time. And yeah. you know, it's frustrating. So I've also done a fair bit of directing. I've directed a bunch of music mm -hmm. videos. So I've been on the other side of For Jess Moskowitz. Yeah. So I've been on the side of like casting for that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because... It's, it's actually funny and sad at times. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you go to like cast people, you, sometimes you're making the picture kind of thing, and it's not always picking like, this is my absolute favorite person kind of, uh, kind of thing. And, that, and that's not to knock anyone I've ever cast, because I've, I've always wanted everyone in there. But mm -hmm. uh, you have to think like, cool, how's that person going to play with that person? Like, right. you, you, you're, building, you're building a picture, and it gives you perspective, I find, for me on the acting side to be like, mm -hmm. cool, sometimes you don't book the gig. It's like... I'm not likely to be put in an ensemble cast with like two other redheads. They're probably going to pick right. like one of us or two of us maximum kind yeah. of thing because that's maybe one of my delineating yeah. features. And it's uh, not personal. It's just, no. as you said, it's big picture and getting the right ensemble. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. So it's, yeah. uh, but it, it like, yeah, it gives you that perspective and it also kind of makes you sad sometimes because yeah. you're like, oh, that's out of my control. Yeah, um, but that's awesome that you had that taste of, of being on screen early on in your career. Yeah. And then it was a little dry for a year. I went, I've gone back and forth a number of times of, like, honestly, in that year, I recorded the, like, first Wes Mack album. Uh, mm -hmm. This one was... Is that with you, like, with the longer hair it's and the leather jacket? Uh, is that, that no, this is even... So this one, uh, I guess, arguably never came out. Like, I have copies of it. Oh, um, really? Never? It was, like, it's I, not on Spotify right no, now? I, there's oh, one song from it uh, that, that I ended up, like, uh, officially, like, putting out. Uh, mm -hmm. And then all the other What's ones... What's that one called? Uh, Waiting on Maria, which is, like, a very old song of mine. And okay. it's, like produced by me and it's not Cute. nowhere near as uh, com commercially tight as, as any of the other stuff but it, it still has a soft spot in my heart for it but mm -hmm. uh, doing that record it ended up landing me uh, basically I had that album done like I have physical copies of it mm -hmm. and when I was auditioning for Heartland which is like CBC mm -hmm. show I was auditioning to play a country musician it's like now a year oh. later and I literally you're never supposed to do this but I, I flew to Calgary and I oh. called the I had my agent call the producers that's where the production office is like I, I'd, I'd gotten past the first round I knew I was being considered yeah. I was in the mix for it and I was like I'm going to do something kind of audacious here yeah. um, my parents live in Calgary so I had nice. my agent call their team and be like oh Wes just happens to be in Calgary which was not the case I was going specifically for this he was just wondering if he could swing on by and say hi at wow. the production office and so I showed up I ha and I sat down with like the three showrunners and just yeah. like chatted with them and I was like hey I, I actually you know I'm a country musician. I kind of am the part you're casting. Mm -hmm. This is my record. I'll leave it at that. And I walked out of there, and I drove up to my cabin. And when I got there, I got a call from my agent that I had the part. Yeah. Uh, so it was. I mean, it was like a, it was quite a gamble because That's like I knew gamble. at the time I was like this could come off like I'm a total loose cannon. Right. Um, but I kept it very brief with them. I was you just, just like. Yeah, it's just went in, said that's hi, like, awesome. hey, my parents live in town, da da da. Yeah. So if if they're yeah, listening sure. to this, <laughs> that's yeah. how I got there, guys. Yeah. Woo. Uh, but uh, that's awesome. Do you know Sarah-Lise MacArthur? Sarah-Lise Huck MacArthur? She was on Heartland. I don't... Oh, okay. Think, uh, I mean, she admittedly, got, like, like... She, like, died in a fire in it. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's heavy for Heartland. Yeah, it was really intense. Holy crap. Yeah. I didn't know they did that on that show. I'm Usually sure it's it like, Heartland. there's a horse. <laughs> no, it was like, it's a horse scary. in trouble. I, again. I was like, oh my God, Sarah Lisa's burning. Holy, I gotta <laughs> yeah, look that up. Intense, so. Is it more recent? Because I, I don't know if they're still was, going, but like. I think it was a few years ago when okay. I saw it. I'll double check with her that it was Heartland, but I'm, it's a CBC special. Yeah. And it's like about Canadian stuff. Yeah, it's pretty Canadian. It's like, you yeah. know, set on a horse. I'll double check with her. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd be. That'd be crazy, but I, I guess it could have happened. Yeah, uh, it's on uh, CBC. Yeah, I turned yeah. on the TV and I was like, oh my God, Sarah Lee. She's like in a house and like this is burning down. It's Holy not crap. Good. That's heavy. Speaking of which, I love that song. What's that song? Burning, that country song. Like burning Cam house? song? Uh, yeah, Cam song. Yeah, house. it's such a good oh, song. Dude, that whole record is next level. It, oh, I haven't heard the rock. That, that the to me is like some of the stuff that I really love. Because that's like music. pop and country together. But also like really folky and like, folky, like yeah. it almost sounds like like old like Dixie Chicksy kind of stuff. I was gonna say like, like yeah. Natalie Maines like doing her folk. She's mm-hmm. doing like a folk record. I love that uh, that song Mother from her. I think that's actually the name of her folk record, Mother. Oh, cool. So good. But um, okay, so then what happened? Okay, so uh, in life. <laughs> in uh, your life. Uh, so weirdly, I, I'll keep doing the handoff thing here because okay. so I was on Heartland mm-hmm. and like all the while I was like you know doing other music stuff and I was you know working on a couple of other shows. Mm-hmm. But the big thing that came out of Heartland is I all of a sudden had this credit as being like a country musician on like yes. a TV show. So I actually used that. That was how I met uh, a guy named Jeff Johnson, who that I ended sounds up. Sounds familiar. Uh, I wrote duet with him, and I wrote a couple of my nice. like first like hit songs. He's like with a him. songwriter producer. Yeah, in the country yeah. World. And he ended up like producing the first like half of my first record, and was hugely helpful in like the early development of my career. And, and like you know came on tour with me and played guitar. Oh, nice. and, um, Oh, man. That's the 9 o'clock gun. It's faced directly towards my Holy balcony. smokes. I was like, we're under attack. Nice. That's nuts. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so so that got me in. I was writing with him, and literally the first song we wrote together was Duet. Nice. And that was a weird, like... Who's the girl on it? Uh, Carly McKillop, who's a friend of mine. Oh, okay, um, cool. She's great. But uh, the, the thing that that song kind of did for me, aside from, like, blowing my career open kind of thing, yeah. is it actually kind of showed me something that people have been telling me for years of, like, the power of having the right song at the right time kind of yeah. thing. Because it was the first time in my music career, which, you know, I'd been playing in a band since I was 13 at that point in time, mm-hmm. where, where all of a sudden I didn't have to ask people so much to, like, do things for me. It was mm-hmm. like I showed that song to various people, and they were like, cool, I want to work for this. Because, like, I think a lot of people could hear, mm-hmm. you know, some of the business people probably heard money on it. Yeah, there was probably, yeah. probably a lot of that. But it was, you know, it was so this is after you're shopping it to producers. And are you on a label? Or you uh, I'm not. Um, nice. So I put that <clears throat> in independently, and that was honestly, like... So all this has been independent? Um... I was with uh, Universal and Big Machine for a period of time, which we'll get to in the, in the cycle of this. Cool. Uh, I am no longer with them. That's a, that's a whole can of worms. I was uh, with Network, <laughs> and I'm no longer with them. Yeah, I find the industry's different now. And oh, is it There's ever? a lot that you can do on your own. Oh, dude. And I found when I was with the label, I was still doing... Like, they weren't... Oh, actually, yeah. I don't, don't want to say they weren't doing much for me. They did a lot for me. But I felt like it really is about being an entrepreneur these days. Oh, I, I would entirely And you drive be. your own ship and... They kept saying, put more videos on YouTube. And I was like, okay, well, I don't need a label to do that. I just need to take initiative. Oh, entirely. I think that you're, I, I, yeah. sounds like we had a similar experience. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Duet was put out independently, and that one, it hit like number nine on the country charts, and all of a sudden, I had some career motion moving yeah. forward. And then, uh, yeah, and, and largely, it's like after that, it's, uh, uh, again, I signed a record deal, put out mm-hmm. an album. I had a handful more singles out. I got to tour around with Shania Twain. Wow. Uh, what? Put it, uh, oh, I was... 
I was probably on cocaine at that time. I was, I was, <laughs> it was a tough year. And uh, it was a tough year. I didn't remember that part. Uh, uh, in 20, yeah, 2015. I oh, yeah, that was when I was like in my drug hole. Okay. Oh, well, that, I, mean, I didn't catch that part of your career. Dude, that's okay. So you were on Shania Twain's Maybe tour. I was just on cocaine. <laughs> <Maybe I didn't, laughs> Everybody was just on cocaine. Maybe I didn't tour with her at all. This a revelation for all of us. just in a G-hole. You thought you went on turn with her. <laughs> oh, man. That would be, be more shocking than Heartland having a woman die on fire. Um, so, so you, what, were you opening for her yeah. or backup singing? I, or? I got to open for her across the country, and wow. I got to sing Party for Two with her every night. What? Uh, which was nuts because is that on YouTube? I want to watch. Uh, that. Yeah, you can you can find. There's a couple videos of it. Uh, yeah. Some of them are you know filmed by. A lot of them are filmed by someone who is singing along at the same time, so you oh, get yeah. more of their voice. <laughs> more of their voice. Than uh, your I think guys I think there's a couple that like you can kind of hear it, but it was it was nuts because they didn't tell us that that I was going to be seeing that until two weeks before the first show. What? And I just got like a, uh, a call being like, hey, so are you cool with doing a duet with Shania every night on the <laughs> tour? And I was like, well, yeah. But I, I remember I called, uh, I uh, had a vocal coach I was seeing, um, and I called her, I'm like, we need to work on this right now. Yeah, we need like, to practice I mean, this. it's a song that I knew quite well as like a fan of it, but it's a different story when you're like, oh, cool, with Shania, sold out arenas. <laughs> oh, dude, the first show was in Seattle, and I wish I had a video of that one. Because I walked out, we'd only, we'd rehearsed it once. Uh, that di- and oh it was shit. that day in Seattle, we ran it in Soundcheck. What? Um, and, like, I knew it very, like, so we were, we were all good. And I walked wow. out, and there was a few things. When I was watching uh, all the rehearsals, the, there's all these pyrotechnics going off. Yes. And I remember I went and asked, like, the stage manager. I was like, hey, <laughs> so where can I stand and not stand? And he's oh, like, yeah. and he was, like, smoking a cigarette. He's like, honestly, kid, I don't really know. You just want to stay close to her. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I was like... Okay. okay. <laughs> so for the rehearsal, I was like just always standing like, like a foot really away from close. her. And then I discovered no, though, get it, burned. the reason he, he was kind of he was messing with me because on our song there was there was no pyro. So oh, he knew I, I was going to be just safe. fucking with you. Um, yeah. But uh, then the actual <laughs> thing happened. So I, I, I walk out on stage <laughs> and I'd only met her once before that. And so really? I didn't want to be like just for the rehearsal. It was for, rehearsal. for the rehearsal. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be like presumptuous. And so I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm standing where I'm standing. Yeah. And she on the microphone as the intro is playing. She goes, Wes. Come get close to me. And I'm like, I'm dying. And I walk across the stage. She gives me a hug, and I'm like, okay, oh, things yay. are gonna be okay. Things are oh, gonna be okay. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it took me probably about three shows into the tour to really start to like enjoy that, as opposed to just being like start terrified. Yes. For it. But oh, yeah. once I got over that hump, it was like it was so much fun because her band was so good and the yeah. production is insane. Oh my um, gosh, I love her band. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I love the way they move, and they're just so poppy and Swedish. Oh, great. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is, it, is it ever? Um, I love it. So how many times, so like how many tour dates were you singing Party we, for Two? We did 14 on the initial run, Holy and shit. then the cool testament to us not totally fucking everything up uh-huh. was that she brought us back for the second leg for four more days That's uh, awesome. in the fall. So that was cool, because like we'd just gotten off of it. Everyone was you know having the post-tour depression. Yeah. yeah I remember we were on our, on our way to a festival gig, and it's like nothing can really compare after the oh, Shania no, tour. Fuck. And we got a phone call being like, hey, she wants to bring you back for four more days. We're That's like, amazing. Sweet. So she didn't hate us. She so didn't like, hate you. She yeah, totally. fantastic. Yeah, so that was, that was a ton of fun. And they were, they were really good to us on that Very track. good. So you um, tour around with usually five band members. Yeah, or I guess four band four members and, and myself. You. Yeah. And you play guitar and sing. Yeah. And then you have a guitarist, bass player, drummer, and is that and, and another guitar player. So there's like so there'd be two electric guitar players, usually myself on acoustic guitar, except for like oh. the two songs where I get to like rip it on a Stratocaster. And like, oh, cool! Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I added that back in this year because like I'm yeah. a, I'm a f- like fairly solid like electric guitar player. Nice. But when I started this band, I always had there's always two other guys there who are just way better guitar players than I yeah. am. 
but I missed it. And so this summer I was like, we're gonna bring that back in. So we we toss in yeah. a Fleetwood Mac cover. We do Go Your Own Way. Oh uh, my god! And I, and I get to like do the big solo at the end yeah. of that. And it totally makes my day. That's um, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So uh, yes, you had like you had success at the get go pretty much with the country. I mean, to an extent, like had th- you, were you like Alanis Morissette? Like, did you have like a prior career where you like tried a different genre and it didn't really work out? <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> arguably, in that like I played, you know, when you would have met me, I would have been playing in my rock band called The Shades of Grey. Um, this is before the, the films <laughs> like, and books existed, <laughs> which is good that the the overlap didn't. Well, I mean, it could have been very funny uh, oh. if the overlap had happened. We were done by two thousand and eight or something like okay. that. So like. You know, we had a few year gap before those uh, the books came out. Yes. But uh, so I mean, that was like a rock funk. We we had no genre kind of mm-hmm. thing. But that was like me and my best friend. And, and then you know when that finally shut down, I was like, cool, I want to do a country project. And cool. he went on to start. Uh, he's done a bunch of different musical projects. His, his name's Newman Manis. He's like my lifelong best friend. Um, nice. And he he started a band called Head of the Herd, and they had okay. a number one hit on rock radio, nice. at, at, like independently at the same time as my first single came out. So they could be on like one hundred four point nine, the Shore kind of stuff. Yeah, they would have been like on the Peak or oh, like peak. or, or yeah, on the, the Fox, I think. They they well, um, that's what I was meaning. Yeah, peak, yeah, no, so no worries. Peak, yeah. And then I actually I I played as their like bass player, like the hired gun bass player in that band for a couple of years, which oh, wow. was a ton of fun. That's it's awesome. like total compared to being so the artist bass as well yeah I, I also i play drums i play mandolin i play some piano mandolin um, yeah like and some of those My instruments fan, that's awesome <laughs> some of those instruments maybe not so well uh that's i would say like i play guitar quite well yeah, bass quite well and play drums uh like i can but you know i can play some chords uh, it's more just derived from me understanding how to play a guitar like right. i know how to make chords you're mostly that. a guitar guy and yeah drum. but dude, play dude playing too. yeah i do um oh. playing bass in that band was a ton of fun because it was like mm-hmm. super low stakes in that yeah I wasn't responsible for speaking to the crowd between songs oh, yeah. or singing, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had some BG vocals, and it was also yeah. like, cool, I don't have to go visit radio during the day. I just, like, just play your hang drums. out. Play, I just play the bass. And the bass. Just the bass. Just, 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 just bass in the long. Dude, it's so fun. That's I remember awesome. sound checking at the Commodore on bass uh, with those guys. Um, I've, I've been lucky to play at the Commodore a couple times as an artist How and as you? a bass player. How old How 31 years old. Oh, my God, you're so gosh darn young. Well, you know, just kicking away at it. How was I in your class? Oh, because I came back later to university. Is that what it would have been? Yeah, because I'm 33, because I went to acting school first in in New York, and then I came back and I did my psych degree. What year year did you graduate from UBC? I ended up gradding in 09. Okay, so I did the same. Same thing? Yeah, yeah, I graduated in 09. Cool. But, uh... So tell me more. So you were... Okay, so you were in this band, then you're doing the country thing, and then... Like you've, I was looking on Spotify. Like you've got songs that have like millions of, of views and plays, and and like that's that's amazing. Like you are a country, you are basically <laughs> a country like superstar. The, the male Shania, like <laughs> on my couch right now. Like oh my god, yeah, just living off craft dinner and <laughs> trying to trying to survive in Vancouver. Yes. Uh, like so everybody. tell me about your record deal and then how you decided to not release. So the most recent album is independent. Uh, Edge of the Storm is with them. So like the the full the only full album to come out is is with like Universal Big Machine. Oh, okay. There's a couple of tracks of now that I've done independently. And, stuff that you've done. and I guess arguably, EPs? do you have an EP? Uh, yes, but it was with them. And the okay. first two singles were also indie, but they uh-huh. ended up being on the album like. They were kind oh, of. They bought those. They bought the masters. Yeah. I released my album, and then yeah, yeah, and then they bought it. And business. Same thing happens. Same thing. Yeah, it happens. Um, so, Big Machine. Now, is that the fellow who um, 
has that new TV show, and Shania is one of the judges. Yeah, the launch. So that's the launch. Scott Bruschetta machine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so you were with him. I was sort of. I mean, how to how to break or his this company. Down. Yeah, so Big Machine has like a U.S. label and then a Canadian component, oh, okay. and I was with like the Canadian component of that with some overlap into the states, but it was a joint venture yeah. with Universal Music Canada, and it went pretty swimmingly for the, for the first bit, but like without getting too far into to all of this, basically it's uh, a bunch of personnel changes happened at Universal. Mm -hmm. Their new team came in. Uh, that team didn't necessarily see eye to eye with like the big machine team okay uh and I'll, I'll, like a lot of the stuff just kind of happened without me having anything to do with it was right. like sort of an internal so it was this well to most be... of the people that i was working with on the universal side either left or got fired uh, oh, really? and it's like I, honestly i've heard this story from a million artists of just like yeah. I, like i know one band they've been signed to three different label deals well adams do you know adam stanton i don't think he's, so he's worked with jess moskaluk a little bit too oh, okay he's my my producer for this record and he oh, um, cool this most recent one and he was saying he had the same experience yeah, I mean, it's it, yeah. all of a sudden it's like yeah. you're given a whole different team of people that you've never met f before, and like they're supposed to be invested in your career as well. Yeah. It's just yeah, so, it's sometimes just, yeah. that's not going to pan out. And unfortunately for myself, because I do wear a lot of hats and I've always had like yeah. a really active hand in the business of yeah, it, so. the transition out of it uh, was a little blocky as any of those things can be. But mm -hmm. like I'm I'm super happy right now. I'm making yeah. music that's doing fairly well that I love and that I'm. Do like, you have a I, manager? Um, no, I'm self. -managed. You do it yourself. Yeah, You're I'm, such an awesome mean, dude. I, uh, I kind of that really inspires me. Um, I mean, it's yeah. It, thank you. It like yeah. there's a lot to be said for having a good team around you, and I definitely have a bunch of people like that. Like I have a business manager who helps me out a lot, and mm -hmm. I have a, a tour manager who helps me out a lot. Like yeah. I don't have like a day to day uh, uh, manager in that capacity, but like mm -hmm. honestly, like having your own like. I hesitate to sometimes use the word hustle because it gets thrown around in, in like the wrong ways at mm -hmm. times. I think, mm -hmm. but just like chasing after it kind of thing and making stuff you love. Like, yeah. no one's ever going to work harder for you than you're going to yes. work for yourself. True and that. I know a lot of people who have signed their way into very large deals and then have just been, myself possibly included in this, have been kind of shocked where it's like not as much is happening as you would expect to be happening. Right. Um, and the thing is, when you end up, you know, if you are working with massive teams, you sign away a lot uh, right. in terms of creative control, in terms of like, yeah, and in terms of dollars. Yeah. Um, I there's probably a balance to be struck between having yeah. like, because you, know, you can't do it alone entirely, yeah. but like there's a lot you can do on your own, particularly with like the internet being what it is. Oh my these gosh. Days, like how, you know, being able to release music and videos and content, mm -hmm. and you can control your own image. Like it, I've been lucky with my students. They're kind of my managers. I had a manager, yeah. but they're kind of my main managers. Like they'll get me gigs and they'll be like, oh, you should do this or like, you know, Christian Northrup, you know, there, there's a wellness lady coming, you should sing, and, like, here, we'll give her your album. Like, so they're very, it's almost like they're my, this this school of managers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I find sometimes just having, like, a brain trust like that of people you can yeah. bounce things off of is, yeah. is really valuable. Like, mm -hmm. there's a group of people that I will often show my songs to that are totally not, like, my business side people. Like, one of my mm -hmm. friends that I know from university... Uh, not a music guy at all. Mm -hmm. I will always send my songs to him because I find he has a really good ear nice. for like he just hears hits quite well. That's always like one has. of my friends from university. Uh, yeah, you yeah. gotta. I mean, because at the end of the day, like the people who are going to be hearing your music most of the time, like, are not like A and R guys at record labels or something right. like that. They're just people. Peeps. So you, you want to see what the peeps are thinking? What do the man? peeps want? Dude, when I'm when so we're is producing, uh, is it an ach ya? Yeah? <laughs> is, is it the big? Or is it that's a nish nish? <laughs> Don't put that on your record. That's crap. That's, that's when I turn back into a full <laughs> Swedish Shania you know, sort of scenario. <laughs> totally. um, there's a 
the fellow I work with, a guy named Jordan Orbeck, he's a good friend of mine. He's oh. co-produced and produced a bunch of my stuff. He's worked on almost all my music. Cool. Um, when oftentimes we'll be working out at his studio, and he's got uh, uh, three beautiful young girls, kind of who's mm. like, like zero, two, and three, so little kids, and uh, uh, his oldest daughter Nora will a lot of times like wheel her into the studio, and I'll just be like, "Is this a good song, Nora?" And we'll play it, and if she dances, it's like then a you good, know it's, it's a, a good, good sign that it's we're a litmus test. Yeah, for a hit. totally. And if not, sometimes sometimes it'll just be like, "Nope," and, and we're like, like, "Okay, still, she, yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta go back to the drawing board." That's yeah. awesome. Because I, it, it's actually, I think there is a lot of truth often in it, and that like mm -hmm. you as a child have no inhibitions about that to just right. like if you like it, you're gonna They're move. They're like a tuning fork. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's totally. Awesome. That, yeah. That's, that's that's apt. Very very good. So okay, so you're do you're releasing shit on your own. Are you like working on a new album or what's mm -hmm. on the charts for so you? So I have have sort of an album that's like part of the way done right now. I've put out a couple of tracks off of it this past year, but honestly, right now. I'm working on a song that I'm the most excited about of like anything I've worked on in ages. And uh -huh. I had this like weird epiphany in the summer and it was a combination of like many things, that book of, of, of like reading the artist's way and, and, and this mm -hmm. like new acting class I was taking or am taking. And, Where are you taking that? Uh, uh, it's a place called Act Two in town here. Oh, I haven't uh, heard of it. It's like, I, can, I can get into, we can get into details of that. But um, basically uh, I had like a couple of meetings, a couple of conversations, a couple of, and it all landed on, on me sort of realizing like, why not just do exactly what I want to do? And I feel like that's it's re sounds really simple, but so, so often PBR state of mind your own thing. Uh, the, no uh, yeah, it, that, that is my own thing, uh, and that would be like sort of the last thing before this epiphany. And that's not me like slagging that song by any means, but I liked it. Uh, uh, I, I do too. Um, but I'm right now kind of working on stuff that feels like a massive departure from like a lot of what I've done. Is it still uh, country? Oh yeah, still country entirely. Uh -huh. um, it's just like me chasing after the sounds and things that I've wanted to do for ages that a lot of times I feel like when I've been writing, I'll maybe veer away from it the last second. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just, I'm really jazzed on it. We've got some What's stuff. the main difference between <laughs> what you were doing it before feels and this now? This is just me like literally instrument by instrument, track by track, not just being like, well, let's just maybe do this, see if this sounds good. It's like sort of passing through the filter of like, this thing fits in the wheelhouse of like 70s Fleetwood Mac and like for like current artists of like an Eric Church or like Brothers Osborne who are like country guys that I love that are doing like very organic mm -hmm. uh, uh, music that's like less created in a computer and more mm -hmm. like like everything on this track is played by someone who's human. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> someone who's as opposed to someone who's Oh, that's rare in music yeah, these days. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm really liking that and getting... There, there's nothing that I've put out at any point in time that I'm not proud of. Um, mm. But I'm just right now. I mean, I I'm super stoked on this. I, I feel like I'm just on the cusp of having something that I'm like, man, I want to show this to everybody. Yeah, and I want this to. It just feels like me. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a it's a departure, but maybe you'll start a trend. Oh, dude. I mean, uh, and the, the weird thing was on making this. This one was not me being like super conscious of like, well, what do the fans want to hear? What does this person want to hear? I was just like, well, what do I want to hear? What do I want to hear? <laughs> Which yeah. Is, you often, like I find then the millions of views out there will like it too, probably. To I totally because I've heard a lot of songwriters say this is like if if you if you don't love it yourself, if you're just making it for someone else, somewhere along the lines, mm -hmm. that's not your like maximum true version of what you can do. Yeah. Um, and this isn't like me trying to like commit commercial suicide either. It's not some no. crazy track that like it has just a gong like a hit like a thousand like, <laughs> times in a row and me just saying like, like the word oh, like zippity oh, at the end being like, and it's for country radio. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's country music but it just feels 
closer to my heart, and it's awesome. again super organic. -y. Yeah, good for you. What do the band members think of it? Uh, some of them haven't heard it yet. Some oh. some of them like uh, some of the guys play on it. Uh, it's actually I guess a bunch of them are probably playing on. I actually play do the you, bass. Do you on hire it. studio musicians or do you play most of it by yourself in the it, studio it's a version? Mix. <laughs> it's a mixture. Um, in the past, sometimes it's been a lot of studio musicians. On this particular one, uh, let's see. Guitars are all played by my guitar player, who is also a studio cool. musician. The drums are played by my drummer, who's like also a studio musician. Cool. I played the bass on this. Nice. Um, I did a lot of the vocal work on it. We What's hired it called? It. Uh, is it one track so far? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna give oh, away the title secret. yet. Yeah, it's super secret. Right it's now. still it's a like secret. Super, super under wraps. No worries. Um, I understand. It's like yeah, it's I gotta have a little mystery. You yeah. have to have a little. A little, little bit of mystery. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah, so oftentimes I'll try in like hiring studio guys. I just. A lot of the dudes in my band and people I know are like really good studio mus musicians, so I always yeah. want to hire like my friends because then it's yeah. it's way less um, of a transaction and more like we'll go sit in the studio for a day and mm -hmm. just like mess around with stuff. That's and awesome. like I, I like to if I'm using studio guys or my guys, I don't want to just tell them like here's what you need to play. It's like mm -hmm. you're all beautiful artists, like come in and do your thing. Come in, come and I, and oftentimes like they're gonna have way better ideas for their specific instrument than I ever would. Right. Uh, like I remember doing the drums on this. Yeah. Um Natty, the drummer on this track, uh, talked me out of like a bunch of things where he's like he's like, You think you want to hear that? And he's like, but when you actually put that in a full song, that drum part's gonna get in the way. Like, let me just uh, do that. Uh, and like he was totally right. Like hundred percent right. Really? Um, yeah. So I find that's one of those areas where it kind of goes back to like you can be a very fiercely independent, like creative person, mm -hmm. but sometimes knowing like where to take your hands a little off the reins yes. and be like, cool, this is like your place of mastery, like go right. to work. And now you do yoga. Uh -huh. You and your girlfriend do yoga. Your girlfriend loves essential oils. <laughs> so, so my audience, they're all about the yoga and the essential oils. So do you have like, um, do you like to do yoga like once a week or like what would be your ideal yoga practice to like keep you Ooh. in that creative zone? Okay, so do you I find mean, it helps you stay creative? I do. Um, so I don't do it anywhere near as much as I would like to be doing it. If I was like to be more ideal about it. Actually, if I was to say ideal, I would do it every single day because yeah. I'd feel great every single day. Yeah. Um, even if I could get in there like once a week or something it's like, like that, have like yeah, I know. It's, just, just need a little more. Just a little more. Now it's two. Maybe it's two Talk a day. Maybe it's three a day. Three maybe I don't today. leave the studio. <laughs> maybe I don't even need to. Maybe I move into the studio. Yeah, just move in. Um, <laughs> move in and just do yoga all the time. Dude, that sounds pretty. I, I'd be so mellow. My music would also like the BPM of my music would just get just lower like, like naked yoga. and lower yeah. and lower, and I'd just be like, all right, this one's going at one beat per minute. <laughs> Super chill. This is like some Miranda Lambert. Like, <laughs> what was that song she wrote about addiction? Mm. You could do one like about your addiction to yoga. Make it like really slow. You just have your like girlfriend like doing yoga poses in the music video. <laughs> just go right with like diffusers everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like th like thousands of diffusers. thousands of diffusers. All different of colors. Candles, just have lit up diffusers. I love diffusers. And you can get Sage to sponsor it. Oh, uh, I like if you're listening Sage. Yeah, product <laughs> placement. Please help us. It'd be good. I want to make this video. I want to yeah. make this happen. It would probably result in like if it would be good if it was diffusers because if it was candles, it'd probably burn the building down. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. reach a point of mellowness where you'd lose control of your muscles you'd, yeah, and you'd, you'd just be knocking out. things over. <laughs> wake up in a burning building and now you're in a heart. That would, you'd be exactly. I mean, no, good. We're going to find um, out at the end that it's not a Heartland episode and that your friend just died in a terrible fire. Some sort of... <laughs> and it's going to be like, oh, no. Oh, my God. That was actually Fox News. <laughs> God. What are you doing watching Shit. that? Get out. Oh, Sarah Get out what you can. Sarah Luce. Hope you're okay, Sarah. Oh, yeah. Actually, sorry. I saw her a couple of days ago, so I know she's still alive. Okay, that's good. Yeah, she came, she came to I town actually, to visit. She I actually feel funny. about 1% better now. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's wrong or something. Ooh, I really hit a nerve. But yoga. Okay, so yoga. Mm. So why 
identify. Do you do yoga? Like, do you lift weights or like, what's your? Yeah, I, I, I you do that too. I lift weights. I like to swim. I like to oh, run. Wow. Um, I wasn't able to run for the last couple of years. I like, mm. I honestly, as well as doing the Shania tour, I started having like weird issues with my like sciatic nerve in my leg. Oh and no! And it took me ages. Like the nerve? Uh, like kind of runs like it's it's like you know from your ankle oh, right. all the way up Sci- your back. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It, it sucks. Um, <clears throat> sciatica, yeah. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be. You know, I sound like I'm a seventy year old man. It's my <laughs> I sciatica. Some, I got some sciatica uh, issues now. But I fortunately I found a physio guy in the last year who mm-hmm. like immediately figured out what it was. And oh, that's all good. All of a sudden, like just in this last what year, what was it? Um, it, sciatica. That's, it, everything oh, else was sort. Of, everyone I'd seen before was sort of treating it as like a hip issue or something, which is oh. not accurate. Um, Anyways, the long and the short of it is I was actually able to get back to doing some distance running this year, which I hadn't oh, been nice. able to touch in a couple years, and I love nice. that. I, I yeah, actually I love, love that for similar too. reasons of, of yoga, of I find it, I mean, it's it's a great, you know, physical activity, but for me, the mental component so is So meditative. Important. Yeah, it's, you have yeah. to be there, like, you gotta... Be in the moment, yeah. be in your body, running. Where do you like to run, like, street, or... It's like along the beach, I think. Oh, like, nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, the novelty, I'm, again, being from Calgary, yeah. I didn't have an ocean around no, when I grew didn't. up, so that's, like, yeah. a huge novelty to just be like, yeah. I am running on the ocean. Do you ocean? just, like, run barefoot along the beach? You know, I, I wish. It's so hard running on sand. True it, that. like, it looks great for a little montage kind uh-huh. of thing, but... Man, you just destroy your knees, and in general, just look like a spaz the entire yeah, just time. Like, oh. just like, oh, guys, wait for me. Um, so I'll run near the beach, like on a path. Oh, near. I see. You just like being near the ocean. Yeah, yeah. That's great. See the waves. You know? See all the vials. I just like to. I literally. I always am the dude. I'll just go and stand with like my toes right to the edge of the water and just like oh. stare out at the ocean. Yeah. And like, I just. It's, it's so meditative. Oh, is it ever? I mean, it's just it's so like relaxing. It's this gigantic pile of energy and life yes. in front of you and it totally gives you perspective at any point in time to be like i am tiny everything yeah. bothering me is, is not pretty insignificant and i don't mean that to like dwarf yourself but rather to be like cool there's a perspective shift perspective. and now i can go back and be it's like an overview yeah yeah it kind of makes you zoom out a little and be Bird's like eye view. yeah that's awesome yeah perspective is everything eh? yeah so for me yoga sits <laughs> in that similar wheelhouse of like yeah. It forces you to be in your body mm-hmm. for an hour or however long you do it. Um, mm. And I love that because, I mean, if you're not in your body, if, if your mind wanders, you'll just fall over and hurt yourself. Or, or you exactly. know, like, oftentimes that would be a direct consequence. Of I like, like that accent there. There's a uh, little country in there. Yeah. <laughs> you just fall over and <laughs> hurt yourself. Fall on over, hit yourself in a bale of hay. I don't know what <laughs> accent came on there. Um, but uh, I get, like, I used to get really good marks in acting if I, if I did sort of like a, kind of bush like that uh-huh. like I, I sucked I sucked at act. I'm such a bad actor <laughs> no. but I, I, I'm really good at playing like people with post-traumatic stress disorder okay. who live in forests great and who have like country accents oh man that's a niche I hunt <laughs> I'll fish sometimes I don't eat garbage <laughs> I've cast this try right to now. touch me I got nothing I got nothing for you I got nothing for you I, wish, my I so severely wish this podcast won't quite capture what I got to see there. Dude, can't say you're not a good actor. That's it's yeah, a that's niche, good. man. You just that's my car- little niche. It's carve my traumatic stress disorder, Vietnam War veteran. That guy's on every <laughs> every Southern Gothic totally, thing and ever. I can grow up my beard. Oh yeah, that and guy's living in a weird shack, dirty and not shower. His name's like Earl Earl Earl, and he just you know goes to Starbucks and gets scraps for food, and yeah. he's got a dog named Bitch. Absolutely, he does. Right? But it like reminds him of his ex-wife or yeah. something. <laughs> like, same name as my ex-wife. That's <laughs> what I always called her. <laughs> oh man, very niche. <laughs> the niche just got even smaller. Super now it's niche. like cool, it's misogynistic, and it's 
just the worst human. Actually, that guy would hang out with the guy I played in Power Rangers. Oh, that yeah? might be actually who that guy becomes. Shit, what's your character's name? Because I just saw your mouth moving. I didn't mm. see the nasty things you were saying. Because we oh, just I put the movies on silent. Yeah, that's probably why. Just to. Uh, <laughs> so I was just like, oh, uh, it's Wes moving his mouth. I... I'm kind of being like fierce. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of lyrics. You're being fierce. It's a lot of, yeah. lot of, oh, <laughs> of brow talk. Um, but yeah, my character's name, if you look on IMDb, it just calls me Bully, which I always <laughs> thought, okay, but hang on. Here, here's, my, here's my gripe with that. They literally say my name in the movie. What's your name in the movie? Colt Wallace, Colt which Wallace. definitely sounds like a bully <laughs> yeah. who later becomes uh-huh. that guy living in a shack. Yeah. Um, Does he? I, well, or you would imagine so. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. <laughs> um, but they gave me the name in the movie, but in the credit, I'm just bully. And I, was oh, all, no. and I just remember being like, but... <laughs> But my name but, is but my name is Colt yeah. Wallace. <laughs> Colt Wallace, and you learn that because I get knocked out. I try to headbutt the the, the one dude at one point, oh. and because he's a Power Ranger, I bounce off of him, knocking myself out on the floor. Oh, uh, and then a guy runs by in the hallway in this high school yeah. and goes, "Yo, Billy Cranston just knocked out Colt Wallace." And that's oh, how you learn go. my name. So IMDb, if anybody's listening. <laughs> But you need to add that. Come on, can you, guys. Can you go in there and add it? Um, it's it, but it's in the actual film, like in the credits at the end. Oh, it's as, as bully. As bully. Oh, so I, I was see. billed as as, you as were bully. As the bully. Yeah. So, huh? Have to wait for the sequel. Yeah. To, to solve that, I don't think. Do you think there'll be a movie? Uh, there will be more movies. I, I will know there will be a bully in the movies. movie. I don't believe I will be brought back, but you never know. You never um, know. I do know. I, I okay. I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories. Yeah. So on that. Uh, there's a writer who wrote the Power Rangers movie. His name mm-hmm. is John Gadens. And he oh, also okay. wrote, like, F- Flight, the Denzel Washington movie. That oh, yeah. I think either won, he won an Oscar for that or was nominated. It's one of the two. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But, like, uh, and he wrote, I want to say Coach Carter or something. He, he's written, oh, like, Coach a couple Carter. of, like, of like I, I hope I'm not mincing this, but he's written <laughs> some, like, rad movies. I know he wrote yeah. Flight. Um, cool. And he, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, yeah, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a long winter. Tell me Here we go. Like so I'm... I'm hanging out, we're filming, we're, we're sitting around by the, like, the monitors where the TVs are set up, uh-huh. and one of the other girls in like the scene says, like, is talking about the, uh, the Biggie song, you know, I love it when you call me Big Papa, throw your hands at the issue, and she's just singing that song. Let's make sure it's still recording. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be recording. You don't want to miss this. And, and I was like, oh man, that song, I love that song, and you know what it makes me think of? This Keanu Reeves movie called Hardball. Now, I don't know if you've seen Hardball, but here we go. No. So there's a Keanu Reeves movie called Hardball where he, as a white man, coaches a team of inner city black kids uh-huh. in, in like a baseball, on a baseball hardball. team. I can't, remember, I can't remember, oh, like what 10 year years ago. Like m- many years ago. Okay. But we're, we're going to get to it. So the pitcher on this team, uh-huh. this is, we're way out on a tangent here. The pitcher on this team can only pitch well if he's uh-huh. listening to that song and so he pl- wears, like, headphones during the game, and he's listening mm-hmm. to Biggie, and I love it when you call me Big Pop, throw your hands in the air if you're a true player, and it's like, it's rocking out, and it's great. And he's pitching a great game, and so they make it, it's an it's a, it's a emotional roller coaster. A kid gets uh-huh. shot in a drive-by shooting, it's oh, nuts. Shit. You get to the finale of this movie, the kid uh-huh. is, like, pitching a great game, and the opposing team goes <clears throat> and talks to the, the ref, the umpire, and says, that's illegal headgear he's wearing. That's not game regulation Uh-oh. gear. And they make him take it off, and all of a sudden he can't pitch anymore. Oh, no, he's and lost game's his going, superpower. Yeah, he's he total. that song. But, so this is when you get this shot of Keanu Reeves uh-huh. stepping up off the bench, and you get to watch Keanu Reeves stand up on the field and go, I love it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. And he does, like, the whitest rendition of it, but it's great. Oh, yeah. And the whole team joins in, and all of a sudden dude can pitch again. We're great. 
So I bet I, that's on YouTube. I'm gonna have to watch that that <laughs> part of the movie on YouTube. So so this gets better though. Uh-huh. So I, I recount that story to this girl, uh-huh. and I go and I love that movie. Like unironically, I love that movie. It's it's like ridiculous, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And then from the back of the room, there is a man in a cowboy hat who has not mm-hmm. said a word the entire time, and he mm-hmm. tilts up his cowboy hat and says, mm-hmm. "You know, the man who wrote that film is in this room," and I'm like, "What?" And he takes his cowboy hat off and he goes, "It's me." <laughs> and he is the writer and producer of Power Rangers, but he also wrote that movie. And I'm like, oh my god! Uh, and so I walk over. I'm like, John, nice to meet you. And he's like, man, a lot of people come and tell me they love Flight. No one's ever told me they love the movie Hardball. It's like I'm gonna need you to come and do that every day while you're on set, man. So I like, I would always make a point of finding him. Loved Hardball, dude. Great movie. Um, <laughs> so you know, if he's story. listening as well, I'd love to come back and subscribe Power Rangers movies. We got a lot of shout-outs here. We're, going, we're really reaching. So many shout-outs. You know. I'll tag them in, like, the little tags. <laughs> and maybe they'll look themselves up and they'll be like, oh, my God, I was mentioned in this podcast. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. great. That's fantastic. So you said you've, been, you've only been on one other podcast. Is that true? I think so. Like, one or two. I, I've done probably a lot of interviews in my career, mm-hmm. but most of them are, like, Radio, radio, things, radio interviews right? kind of thing. I don't yes. think I've done that many podcasts. I've probably done yeah. I, I, I occasionally. Podcasts are like, where's that? Oh, dude, I love it because you get like to have so like a longer right chat. Now. Yeah. Uh, like there's one or two guys in radio who I know I've done a podcast with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool because sometimes with a radio interview in a two-minute interview, it's very much like, tell us about the new song. And yeah, you're like, it's like, a hit. Yeah. And, and you're like, hey, what kind of instruments are on it? The good ones. And you're like, you're, you're in and out and it goes pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas podcasts, we get to chat. I yeah. I could never tell the story I just told you, yeah, you on a radio interview because I'd be like I would get to the point about Keanu Reeves, and, and at that point they'd commercial. be like, "And we're going to yeah, commercial." Yeah, it would never, it would no, never, never happen. happen. It never happened. Wow. Okay, so tell me about the process of marketing a song to mainstream country. Okay, um, that sounds like that's probably <laughs> a, a big sort of thing. Yeah. So I mean, the way it the ends up working is, is like. The mechanics of it are pretty simple in mm-hmm. that, like... So you have to, um, do you have to have, you don't have to have a manager, but you must have a... You would hire, like, a promoter? radio tracker or a radio promo guy. Right. Or, they, they, people will sort of wear different titles on that. Yeah. And ultimately, there's a number of those guys in the biz who, who, who do that job. And, who do you work with? Uh, a guy named Rob Chuby. Quite like him. What's his company? Uh, I, you know, I think it's just him. It's just Rob Chuby. Oh, really? And uh, does he specialize in country radio? Yeah, yeah, I would say oh, so. okay. Um, I think he has worked, he's worked other formats. He used to be like, uh, he worked at EMI back when EMI existed okay. in Canada before Universal gobbled them up. Oh, um, yes. But uh, yeah, so you would hire a company like like Rob's or something yeah. like that and you give him the song and he would go and send it out to and radio. And like $5,000. Yeah, and, he, and he'd start, you know, <laughs> selling in that wheelhouse uh, and he calls all of them up and, you know, and bugs them and says, play that song! And he's got the ear, um, he goes, okay, this has potential that's to the be thing. a hit. It, it has it, to have the right sounds. It's, it's got to be in this season. So he's, yeah, it's certainly got to be season. Uh, uh, it's got to be, you, you need a guy like that. And the idea of like why you would have that person is that like you could try and promo the song yourself, but mm-hmm. it's do you have the personal relationship to call every program director? Now, right. interestingly, like over time, I start to know a lot of the program directors on a pretty personal level. Uh-huh. However, I, I still don't want to be in the position of me calling about my song to be right. like, hey, Play hey, hey Jeff, <laughs> you playing my song yet? I'm just over here freezing my ass off. I can't pay my heat bill. Are you playing my song yet? I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to go there. Um, but yeah, so that's like, that. that is like the very broad stroke. The more intricate hey, version. <laughs> Jim, what are you doing? Jim, I'm cold. I'm really cold, man. Jim, can you just play it a few more times? Today? It's the Bleeding Heart Show, man. Can it at least be on medium rotation, Jim? Medium. Let's just get this thing up to power for two days. 
Uh, but then, you know, you can, you'll have artists like myself as well. Uh, you go on a radio tour and so you drive across right. the country and you go, you know. So you, you do that. Yeah, and you go meet up with all that's the people the in the same. stations. And sometimes that involves, fan, like, you know, sometimes they'll do listener events and bring people in. Those, those yeah. can look however you want them to. Um, can you make good money being like a country superstar in Canada? <laughs> a country superstar, uh, I'll let you know if I find out, if I, <laughs> if I meet any country superstars. I, think, I feel like you're, you're quite, you're doing quite well. It's an interesting thing being like a Canadian musician. I, I mm. think I get to see a lot of the behind the scenes, and there's a lot of artists that like I'm aware of whose careers are even much further along than mine, mm. and I know they're not making much money. Mm. And it depends. Because I feel like now that it's all streaming, like it's hard for us to make money. Yeah, but it's certainly a challenge. I mean, because like you know, you know, the streaming royalty rates are like it's like point zero 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 nine. Yeah, it's it's like it's some fractional thing, yeah. and like it's it's not nothing. And like yeah. I fortunately have you know some tracks that have spun enough that like they'll yeah. generate some money, but it's not. And you've, like, ri you've written or co-written a lot of your stuff. Yeah, most of my stuff I have writing on as well. I think that's honestly like so a, a big thing royalties. for for like controlling your royalties and understanding mm -hmm. that stuff. Uh, like when my song plays, like my if my song plays on digital or terrestrial radio, that's going to trigger like seven or eight different royalties. Which is terrestrial? Like any like land-based radio. Oh, okay. Like, uh, uh, sorry, that's just a, the, the jargon <laughs> of it. They play my music on Mars. <laughs> on, uh, yeah, if you can get Martian radio, you're in the real money. That's where... So they play it. my music in the spaceships? Yeah. It's, up it's, in the it's Russian a tough, space It's a tough spaceship. market, though. It's a tough market. you got to get the rocks liking you. Yeah, there's not a lot else the, there. Up in the Russian space station, they have my duet song just on replay. If they played my song on Mirror... That would be uh, that would be just about the best, um, but like, for so 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 like when that happens though, you have like seven or eight different royalties get triggered, which is nuts. Right. In that like, you have to have all your songs properly registered for like, like so it triggers bad. a royalty of the songwriter, the publisher, the rights owner, the featured artist, the master owner. Even the featured the, artist gets money. Yeah, different, different. Yeah, many different royalties. So uh, wait a we, second, but so somebody who just sings on it or somebody who co-writes? Uh, those would be two different royalties. So wait a sec. So I know guys uh, in, in Nashville right now who are literally millionaires off of just singing BG vocals off of royalties. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dead so serious. is SoCan supposed to keep track of that? No, this isn't SoCan. Uh, I, oh. I can delve into this harder if you Holy want. Shit. Uh, in that, like, there's, there's an organization called Sound Exchange. There's one called Connect Music. There's the CMRA. There's, oh, yeah, CMRA. Uh, uh, did I say Sound Exchange? There's actor racks. There's a bunch of different ones, and they all collect a different type of royalty. And you want to make sure that you have your songs on all of those. Oh to, fuck! Like, I'm gonna have to pick your. I'm gonna have to get it in a text. Message. Oh, dude, I'm I'm happy to, happy to. Because <laughs> I it's like CMRA, so can, and that's about it. I would I would say Sound Exchange is a big Sound one Exchange. Yeah, I'll, I'll dude. We, we okay. can get right into this because you. this your know, your listeners will want to like run like, run for this? cover. I'll be like, okay, and in we the get third corner scenario. <laughs> And I'll be like, quickly turn on, douse yourself in essential oil, and, and hold on for dear life, because it's going to be a cold winter. Um, but yeah, we can get into that. Oh uh, I'm happy to give you, because uh, honestly, one of the things that's mm -hmm. been helpful to me in my career is just like, I am, I like to turn over all the stones like that, and yeah, I've dug so. so far into a lot of it, and a lot of times you'll find other ways to make money, and yeah. other contacts, and other ways to do business, and it's just like... It's against the, the hustle all the yes. time. And, and, like, the trick is, like, there's not enough hours in the day to do everything. So mm. it's trying to prioritize. How do you stay balanced? Do you even believe in balance? I don't know. Because, uh, like, I'm you trying, look very rested. I'm trying to... I do... I love sleep. Um, That's good. I don't... Do you live with your girlfriend? Uh, I don't. No. Um, but we live really close together, which is nice. Like, and you have one roommate. Yeah. But you have, like, your own space. I do. What... Do you have, like, a morning routine? 
Yeah, actually. Um, so that book I was reading, The Artist's Way, this mm -hmm. has been like a big thing, man. Like I would say this year is the closest to having some degree of balance that I've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, saying that book, uh, uh, it, there's many things it gets you to do. Do you drink? Uh, I do. Um, PBR? <laughs> <laughs> I drank a lot of it when we shot the music video. Um, what you're supposed to do is something called the artist, uh, uh, your, your morning pages. So you get oh, up in the yes, morning. Oh, the morning pages. You write three pages. Stream right. of consciousness. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just the point is you write. Yeah. And that to me has been So you've been weirdly, doing that? Oh, dude, I've been doing that for months. It changes so much. Really? Because A, uh, one of the things I noticed right off the bat is for the first few months, I was so negative. Every day oh. it was just like, this is shit, yeah, and yeah. this sucks, and I hate this guy, <laughs> and did it. And it gets so whiny that you you almost have to make a shift to just get yourself you out pot? of it. Um, not I mean, it's totally legal now. It's legal. But like, honestly, uh, no. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, I find it makes me anxious. Yeah, yeah, and, and it like uh, makes me less willpowered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right? it, I don't know. It's it's not really a thing for me. Yeah, but uh, so you so, do your morning pages. You do your morning pages, and so the one consequence is you kind of catch all these like negative behaviors. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. You also, I find it just like gets you out of your. And are you to supposed write. to just keep being negative if you're feeling negative? Yeah, sure. It's oh, what, wow. it's whatever. It's it's more. It doesn't tell you to change, mm -hmm. but I find. It makes you want to change when you have to see every single day in the morning three yeah. pages of I hate this and I hate that. Right. You make you want to change. You want to because it's, it's so staring draining. back at you every like, day. Oh, yeah. It also I find for like songwriting it gets you out of your way because it makes you less precious about your writing. It's like right. And, so. and honestly, just creating anything in life, it's like if you've already written three pages mm -hmm. and you just happen to write the word potato six hundred times. Yeah. Uh, you're not judging what it is anymore. You're just right, putting exactly. it out there. So all of a sudden, it gets easier to be like, cool, I'm going to write a song and not get precious about it. Because I yeah. think for me, for for all art, yeah. for writing and, and music and directing and everything, um, being precious about your art is probably the worst thing in that like, right. if you get so, you're holding on to it so tight and you yeah. can't let go of it, it's like you'll you'll micromanage it into the ground. Whereas if, yeah. you're, if you're a little more messy about it and they're just mm -hmm. like, well, it is what it's going to be kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's much easier to create cool stuff. Yeah, that's I agree. So like, totally. that's part of a morning routine that I did not have until a handful of months ago. But like, nice, I'm, and it's really serving you. Oh yeah, like massively. Now, uh, did I mean, you go into the dollar store and get little trinkets? Isn't that part of like the artist way? I don't know. It's like in lesson. I don't know. I just remember like looking through, and I was like, I have to go to the dollar store and get trinkets, dude. You you got You got to read it cover to cover. You got to okay. go from the beginning because <laughs> some of the activities don't make sense unless they're in context of oh, like. Okay. Um, Another thing that you're supposed to do every week. Mm -hmm. um, this is mo most of them are like single activities that you kind of get into once, mm -hmm. but some of them are like daily. The morning pages is the mm -hmm. only daily one, and then there's the weekly thing. Uh, so you're supposed to do something called an artist date, and oh. whatever you, whatever your inner artist child, whatever that means to you, mm -hmm. would want to do for two hours once a week, mm -hmm. you got to go and do it. And if you have to do it alone, you're supposed to stay present for the for the activity. This could be literally like watching a favorite movie. This you could just be, take yourself on a date. Yeah. And, and it cute. seems so simple, but That's after so a few weeks, you start to realize, like, for me, the biggest resistance to it that I still run into is, like, if you're busy, you go, well, I don't deserve time for that. Like, i got to get something done with those two hours. Right, I should right. do my laundry or, or something. Something productive. Uh, yeah. it's, it's always something productive for me. It's always got to be something productive. Uh, and so one of the things about this is it cannot be productive. You cannot use this as an opportunity to, like, catch up on work. It's got to be frivolous. Huh. And I found creatively it's really helpful. Like, if you get into a rhythm of that, uh -huh. you start being more impulsive. And I say impulsive in, like, a positive way. Yeah. And that, like, you are acting on what you want to do rather than yeah. what you feel you have to do or should do. Yeah. Uh, and if you allow yourself to, like, sometimes it's 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 also just refilling the well of, like, just things you enjoy. Like, yeah. I, this, this is crazy. I'm, I'm a musician. I, yeah. I went and rented out, one of my earliest artist dates was, I rented out a studio space, just a tiny one, and brought my guitar and an uh -huh. amp 
and I played for two hours. And I had not done that in years. I would always, if I was in a rehearsal space, I'd just band there. I was always for a reason. It was yeah. rehearsing for a show. Yeah. This was just me messing around for nice. two hours. I brought a bunch of my like weird guitar pedals that I used to play with more when I was in high school nice. and just like fucked around for two hours. And I walked out and I was like, I haven't felt so excited about music in ages because it was like oh, it was non-structured, man. I, I feel like you need that, way. dude. I, I'm, I'm, I have it, and I just have been kind of scared of it. I've got two it. people this week who I think uh, have, got, have bought it as a result of me talking to them oh, about it. Because yeah. it's, it's changing my life, man. Yeah, and, and like, I, I hate it, like, to... in my drawer. I'm just like, Ugh. I know everybody's, you know, there's always somebody you know who's got that book that really yeah. helped them through some shit. It's oh, helped me through a lot, it, man. Yeah. Um, do you, um, we should, like, sing a little song together for the podcast. Cool. Would you want to do that? Yeah, man. Do you know, like, like, I'm thinking of, like, a standard, like, Hallelujah or Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah, I can do, do some know? Imagine. Yeah, Imagine? Yeah. Let's I probably actually... Yeah, yeah. If you, like, sort of lead the way on, I'll do the best yeah? I can. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. I just heard it on the radio take the mic. So it seems Oh, perfect. It's fresh. So let's take... We're, gonna, we're walking over to the keyboard. We're going to turn this on. And we're going to sing Imagine together. Sweet. It's going to be so cute. <laughs> so cute. It's going to be so cute. It's going to be a yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an ach yeah. Ach yeah. <laughs> John Lennon. Is that Yoko? Uh, no, I think that's like that's John Lennon Square. That's like John Lennon Times John Lennon. You started off, man. Okay. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us on the sky. Imagine all 
dreamer But I'm not the only one I hope someday you'll join us Bad for an improv <laughs> song, man. That Not bad good. at all. Uh, you're you guys, good at harmonizing. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, it's, a, it's good. I heard it on the radio oh, yesterday, shit. but I was like, oh, did I'm you, not sure about some of the verses. Did you hear the John Lennon version? Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, so tell me, like, we should probably wrap up soon, because usually I'd like to keep them to an hour, but tell me about how you, like, do you think of, like, certain people, like, when you sing, or, like, because the, mm. se- the sound, it's almost like you're, you're able to channel different parts of your voice. Yeah. Um, I've always found it, like, singing's kind of something that's come naturally to me. It's, I guess mm. it's, like, a, I feel it's a way I really, like, connect with me. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and, like, with other people. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, something like that, like, I mean, uh, for anyone listening, it was truly, like, you know, unplanned there. We just, like, Yeah, we did out. not plan uh, that. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't even ask Wes if he <laughs> could sing on my podcast. No, it's, it's totally cool, man. Uh, and I love that song. Um, honestly, it's just, like, a song like that, I just, my mind is, goes to, like, what are the, like, a lot of the lyrics are directly about. I mean, I, I'd say it's different song to song. If it's a song I wrote, maybe it takes me back to the moment of writing. It was almost like if Willie Nelson... Had a baby with my chemical just, romance. Just, <laughs> I like that. I right? listen to that. That's um, that's totally what it felt like. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Sweet, yeah, it's like fun. your candy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I mean, hey, I, you're you're not, you're not exactly a slouch at singing oh. here. Uh, you you again like I was just singing. You going for like Disney stuff at any point in time oh, has always like I blown my mind. To sing Disney. Dude, I remember the first time I um, when I saw you perform a handful of years ago down, I think it was on Robson Street, maybe, like out in front of... Oh, were you there? Yeah. I, I don't know if oh. you ever saw me. I, I didn't realize you were there. I, I, I was aware of the performance. I, I got the what? CD. Uh, You're uh, such a muffin. Dude, I showed up and I freaking love that. Um, oh, thank you. No, and I... I did um, not know you were there. Yeah, I guess, I don't know if I actually would have... Because, like, you, dude, you were swarmed afterwards. It was That like, was fun, yeah. They had a little stage outside on Robson Street and the police came and tried to yeah. shut it down. Oh, did and they ever? we sang Hallelujah and then yeah, so like, you can't shut down okay. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a bad look. <laughs> you know, you don't <laughs> want video footage of them <laughs> totally. like, being like, a bunch of very passive yogis were like, very <laughs> we're quietly singing for Hallelujah. singing Leonard Cohen songs yeah. on the street. bad look. Doesn't do good yeah. things. But yeah, man, that's you've so got a spectacular cool. I didn't realize you were there. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. yes, dude, this has been fun. It was um, so fun. Yeah, I'm glad I, we like we were able to put the connect the yeah. dots on this thing here, man. It's I know I, I harassed Wes to be on my show. Oh, uh, I'm glad you did. I sometimes yeah. need to be harassed because it's like you've got so much on your plate. I, I yeah. can't really imagine. But I but I but, like this is something I actually wanted. Like, yeah, I, I kept I kept, show, I kept you, you on my like <laughs> on my to do list of just like. Stuff I actually, like, in the category of things I actually want to do. Because nice. I've started to try and divide into That's that. That's good. Yeah, you need uh, to do that. Yeah, because otherwise, mm-hmm. item like clean your kitchen gets put beside like write the greatest song ever, <laughs> and which gets put beside like do your taxes. And it's an unfortunate <laughs> scenario when those all have equal weight. Do you have a good accountant? Um, if I you do. need a good accountant, yeah, I've got uh, one who specializes in musicians and actors. And I have a business manager. Really oh, you do? Like. So yeah. Oh, good. So yeah. you're so set I'm, with I'm that. Very, I'm like, that's one of the areas where I'm like, sweet, awesome. Because I, fa- I found one through my old roommate, because she's an actor, and it's so great. Like, 
now I know I can write off like half of meals between teaching mm-hmm. yoga classes and that all adds up, you know? How does it ever? I used to owe so much money to the government and now it's like more balanced. <laughs> taking it back. Taking <laughs> the power taking back. Money back. <laughs> get that money. Because <laughs> you got to build that cabin. So, That's you know, right. You I got to go hang cabin. out there. And, I want to hunt. Yeah. And I, I want to take off all my clothes and go skinny dip it up in the river with my dog, bitch. <laughs> I really like this character. <laughs> I think there's, there's a place for that as its own podcast. Maybe I should release an album and just like do songs. It's called My Dog by Bitch. L- My Dog Bitch by Lyman Fellers. That's Ooh. his name. My name's Lyman. I'm a hunt. I just like to hunt. You like, you like to fish? There's a coffee shop place called Wildflower. <laughs> the lady leaves rolls out sometimes. Uh, I like to think that Lyman wakes up in the morning and he's always surprised that he's still alive. Like he just shakes awake being like, oh, no day, no dollar. <laughs> it's, and I don't know if he wants to die or if he wants to live. It's sort of like, it's just, it's on the edge he's of a knife. He's in limbo. Yeah. There's a long arc there that can play out where like the redemption of, of him where he comes back and oh my God. gets into Kundalini Yoga and just like becomes a whole new man. Um, yeah. Oh, you should, if I ever uh, record a song with Lyman in it, you should, I'd love you to direct it. Oh, I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm into that. We can, right we can film it in Stanley Park. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be lots of people to witness it. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. It's, it's when anyone tries to touch Lyman that it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Oh, Dave, it's my pleasure. And uh, where can where can people find you? Your music is everywhere. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's uh, pervasive. It's pervasive. You can't get away from it. Yeah, it's it's on. And people can hear places. you on uh, JRFM. Sometimes in you Vancouver. Can. Sometimes you can. In fact, um, I yeah. love the way you let me. Yeah. Down. If you want to call them up and tell them to play my songs, I'd be much appreciated. Uh, That's than, still a thing. People can yeah, call into can. stations and or request. you can like tweet at them or something. I don't okay, know. perfect. I don't know how it works. I don't yeah, know just tweet and just tweet about it. Get get the word out and. And people follow you on, on Instagram at West Mac. Yeah, you go at West Mac Music. West Mac like, Music. That would be like my thing across all channels. And what's your website, westmacmusic.com? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so that's the way to find me. That's amazing. Say hi. Um, and uh, in terms of TV shows, Power Rangers, is there anything else that people should look, look out for yeah, you on? Yeah, um, there's a Liam Neeson film that comes out in February nice. called Hard Powder. And Emmy Rossum is in it and Laura Dern's in it. It, it is. Is it? it? It's, oh, actually, it's like a triple entendre in the thing. It's like it's set in a ski town. Oh. And there's like actual snow. And shit. there's also a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. Um, but it's, it's honestly, it's a pretty cool script. Just makes you test and them for fentanyl. Yeah, you got to check them for there that. There you go. It's risky. But yeah, that comes out in February. Cool. I'm in that. Oh, congratulations. Thanks, man. Amazeballs. Uh, is that like a, a, a mainstream release kind I of thing? I think so. Nice. Well, originally when they shot it, it was sounding like it was going to be a more limited theatrical release, mm-hmm. but I think they have like it's gonna pretty be... full distribution now. Sweet. Um, but I also could be entirely incorrect in saying that, yeah. and it might be put out on a piece of cheese. Uh-huh. So I don't know these things. <laughs> I, I act Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's it between be. cheese and yeah. full theatrical <laughs> Somewhere there it'll be up. What's the name of it? Oh, White Powder. Hard Powder. Hard Powder. Yeah. White powder. Hard Powder. <laughs> it's the cocaine. It's the cocaine. <laughs> We'll get you back to 2015. We don't want to go there. Don't go back there. Don't go back there. Never go back. I'm super into green powder now. What's that? Matcha. What's that? Oh my god, it's a powdered green tea. Cool. It's from Japan. Do you, uh, uh, so you can just like mix that, like stir that in with yeah, some hot so water you just and have put, a good time? You just put it and with a little bit of water, you make a little paste. Cool. You just stir it around with like a little like whisker thing. And then you add the hot water and you drink it. 
and you just feel fabulous. That sounds great. Yeah. Actually, this they sponsored this podcast. Oh, so I see you got the button <laughs> on the end of this thing. Yeah. And by the, way, by the way, you can buy it here. You can here, buy it here, and here. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I'll put that in after. <laughs> I love you. Namaste. Much love. Good to see you, Wes. Great to see you. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, it's been ages. Hot summer night. You've just listened to the Bi Urban Yogi podcast with your host, Will Blunderfield. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play and catch our next episode next week. We'll leave you with a song from today's guest, House on Fire by Wes Matt. Enjoy. Chandelier, that's the kind of thing we do around here.